Okay, so just a quick question. Uh, how many uh, of you have a, have a tendency to uh, show up to an event like a little bit underdressed? Anybody, people who like, have that experience in life? Uh, I get to do a lot of weddings, and it's sort of hilarious what some people wear to a wedding. Uh, because you have some people who they just got a fancy thing, and they've been waiting for a moment to match the fancy thing. Others of people who show up, I'm like, huh, that's interesting. I don't know that I would wear sweats to Mr. and Mrs. Johnson's wedding, but whatever, do your thing. Um, but there's also another kind of a moment that happens, like if you get invited to some kind of event and you're not really sure what you should wear. Like you're not really sure, is this a dressy thing or is this not a dressy thing? And then what do you do? You call someone, right, who's also going and be like, hey, what are you wearing? Not because you're afraid of matching them, but because you don't want to be the one to shows up to a fancy thing in sweats, but you also don't want to show up to something that's casual dressed to the nines, right? Like we have this internal pressure to just sort of match what everybody else is doing. And I brought my Halloween costume today. So last year I was a whoopee cushion. And so this year I decided to do something just a little bit different. And I decided, I don't know if anybody's ever seen the movie Top Gun, but tried to do my best maverick impersonation. So we've got that. What do you think? Like it? How about this? That's kind of fun. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate that. Um, so here's what's happening in the scriptures, though. The, the Colossian people, like these people who are following Jesus, they're a little concerned with what they're wearing, what they've chosen to put on, and what everybody else has chosen to put on in the culture. And the Apostle Paul writes them a letter. And he wants them to know that, no, it's not actually about what everybody else is wearing. It's actually about what you have been called to put on. You know, because they're being called, I'm going to take this off, and they're being called to put some stuff on that nobody is. And we're going to read all about that today. And, you know, one of the reasons why Paul is calling them to put on some things that no one else is, is because he knows how difficult it is to be the church. He knows how difficult it is to actually live out the way of Jesus. And it's not just difficult like outside of this room. It's also difficult inside of this room. Like why does Paul call them to this? Well, he knows that the church is one of the most wonderful opportunities to experience comfort, connection, and care around the Christ. Like the church is a beautiful opportunity to experience comfort, care, and connection around the Christ. 
but it is also a very likely place for you to experience irritation, frustration, and unmet expectations. And so the words that Paul has for us today have the opportunity to change us. The words that he's going to share today have the opportunity to, to change the way that we interact as a family. Like how you interact with siblings, how you interact with children, how you interact with parents, how you interact with your spouse. It, it will, has the power to impact how we work together as a family. It also has the, the power to impact the relationships that you have at work, like that coworker that it's just sort of hard to get along with. Maybe a, a supervisor that's hard to get along with. Maybe a receptionist when you walk in each and every morning and it just is hard to get along with that kind of person. Paul's words to us today have the power to change how we interact as a family, how we interact in our workplace. Also has the power to impact the way that we interact at school, like with the classmates that we have. And we're still seated at desks, six feet apart, of course. It's a little bit different. But we still have to figure out how to interact with those people. We have to figure out how to interact with all different kinds of teachers. We have to figure out how to interact with the janitorial staff and other kinds of people that we come into contact with in school. So the words from Paul to the Colossians have the power to change and transform the way that we interact as a family, has a chance to impact the way that we work with other people in our place of employment, also has the power to impact the relationships and the way that we work at school, but it, this letter was not written to a family. This letter was not written to a workplace. This letter was not written to a school. This letter is written to a church, to a community of people who have said yes to Jesus. And so let's read Colossians chapter 3. We're going to read today verse 12 to verse 17. So here's what Paul says. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So that first part's easy, so verse 13 is when it gets hard. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing hymns, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God in whatever you do. Whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. What I find interesting about this letter is that Paul didn't have an actual personal relationship with this church. Like, there weren't individuals in the community that he could point out. And that's different from other letters that he's written. Because other letters that he's written, he actually has visited the church. And so he knows about Daryl in the back row. And he knows about Joseph. And he knows about Grant. And he knows about Marcy and Diane. Like, he knows about these people. But that's not the case in Colossae. He didn't establish the church. So Paul is just making an assumption that all churches have some growing up to do. And he's making an assumption that a common temptation in the body of Christ is to not do what he's just talked about. I believe that Paul's experience has taught him and told him with all clarity and power that the people of God are going to have a hard time with compassion. And it's going to be difficult for them to be kind. And it's going to be work for them to be humble and to be gentle and to be patient. So Paul doesn't need to know all of the individuals in the community to write these words of encouragement over this community of faith. Because Paul's heart for this community of faith is what? That the peace of Christ would, would dwell, that it would rule. That would be a part of the very fabric of the community of faith. Paul says something at the beginning that we need to talk about. He says that these Colossian people are chosen and that they're holy and that they're dearly loved. And it is my belief this morning that like, this is the message for somebody. Like the thing that needs to change about you the transformation that needs to take place within you is to believe this, that you're chosen and that you're holy and that you're dearly loved by God. And some of us have spent an entire life trying to do enough so that we might be chosen, trying to get enough things right so that we might be seen as holy, as set apart. Doesn't mean perfect. A lot of people think holiness means perfection. It actually means completeness. We've been set apart. It's this Greek word, hagios. Set apart ones. And so would you just receive this morning that what, Paul, what God says through Paul in the power of the Spirit to this community of faith that he's never met is that they're chosen and that they're holy 
and that they're dearly loved. And this depends not on like how good you are. It doesn't pretend, depend on your goodness, but on his grace. It doesn't depend on your lovableness or lovability. I'm not sure. Words are hard. Let's go with lovableness. But on his love, not on your understanding, but on his unceasing movement toward you to repair and to redeem and to restore and to rescue you with his love. But because you are chosen, because you are holy, because you are dearly loved, you need a new wardrobe. And if a person in life said that to you, that might hurt your feelings. You might say, well, like, no, what's wrong with my wardrobe? Like, I really like these clothes. But Paul is telling this church in Colossae, like, the clothes of the culture are not going to work for people who have been chosen. The clothes of the culture, what, what people in the culture are wrapped in, it's not going to work for people who are holy, for people who have been set apart. Like what all of the other Colossian people have wrapped their lives in, it's not going to work for people who are dearly loved. You need a new wardrobe. And so let's talk about the wardrobe today. The first part of the wardrobe is compassion. So we need to talk about what compassion is. Compassion is something that you feel for someone else. There's a beautiful moment in the scriptures. And, and Jesus brings his disciples into a conversation that he's having with a crowd. And he sees the crowd, sees that they're harassed and they're helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And, and Jesus again and again tells the disciples, like, I have come for these people because I have compassion on them. And in the, the Greek, the idea of compassion is this word splankna, and it's like your guts. So we talk about feeling things in our hearts. Uh, for the first century in the ancient world, uh, they would have, instead of talking about feeling it in your heart, feeling it in your bowels. What's cool is we feel both. So we can understand what they're talking about. But from like the center of you, like, would you have compassion on other people? Several weeks ago, my boys and I went to the doctor to get a flu shot. And what's awesome about going to the doctor to get a flu shot is you get to hear everybody else who's crying as you're on your way to the room. And so, why is that baby crying? Why is that baby crying? Why is that baby crying? There's a curiosity that kind of started springing up when they came into contact with suffering. I think that's compassion. There's a curiosity that comes when they come into contact with suffering. Why is that baby crying? Why is that person hurting? I mean, they're saying that because they're about to experience the moment, but they're also talking about that because they've been in that moment before. And so the Apostle Paul says through the power of the Holy Spirit, 
that part of your new wardrobe as people who are chosen, as people who are holy, as people who are dearly loved, is that you need to be wrapped in compassion. And I think what's, what's true is that you cannot help with a burden unless you come close to burdened people. And so part of what it means to live the Jesus way is to step close to burdened people so that you might be of help with their burden. And I think we need to be careful to not to get to the point in our lives where you feel nothing for the hardship of other people. This is not the Jesus way. To be so wrapped up and so concerned with what is going on in your personal story that we think it's the only book on the shelf. Be careful to not be so wrapped up in what is true for you that we don't feel for the hardship of other people. And it seems like if Paul is going to talk to the Colossian church and to us about putting on compassion, it seems like it would be possible to live a life with God that is devoid of compassion. So that's the first thing, compassion. I also want to talk about kindness. So what's kindness? I like to think of kindness as having the creativity and the initiative to move toward a situation or person as a way to express your love. So kindness, can I just say this? Kindness is not being nice, but kindness involves creativity and initiative. So while compassion is something that you feel, kindness is an action that you take. And it takes some creativity in some initiative. So it's not just feeling something for someone, but it's actually taking a step. Humility. What's humility about? Humility is about emptying yourself for the benefit of someone else. And so the question with humility, like do people in your life have more or less because you are a part of their story? Like, when you think of the people who are around you, like, is there experience of you that you are someone who continually empties themselves for the benefit of someone else? You need to know that in the ancient world, humility was cowardice. Like, you were a coward if you were someone who practiced humility. Well, why? So glad you asked. Because the ancient world was based on this idea called philotimia. What's philotimia? Philotimia is a love of honor and status. And I just wish I could explain to you what it would be like for you to live in a culture where people loved honor and they loved status. I just like tried all week long at my whiteboard like, Oh, what would that be like? How could I describe for these wonderful people that I love what it would be like to live in a world that loved honor and that loved status? 
turns out that we live in a culture like that. So I don't need to explain it to you. This is a world that desires honor and that desires status. And it works out in all different kinds of ways. Our little children of this church live in a culture that elevates status. And they feel it whether they talk to you about it or not. They experience it whether they talked about it or not. Like little, little people. And it just grows with us as we get older. And so we live in a culture of philotimia, a love of honor and status. In the ancient world, like you would marry someone so that you could climb the ladder of honor and status. You would cultivate friendships that would help you climb the ladder of honor and status. And what happened in in Colossae was that the people who, who grew up in this culture of ascension, of like getting ahead and climbing the ladder, these people who lived in a culture of ascension, they met a Jesus who emptied himself. And having spent their whole lives working to elevate their status, they came face to face with the Jesus who lowered his status. So Philippians 2, Paul will talk about how Jesus emptied himself and he took the very nature of a servant and he became obedient to death and even death on a cross. So in a culture of ascension, we have a Jesus who emptied himself. And so the question for the Colossian people was, like, will the Jesus way become their way? Because what's everybody else wearing? Everyone else is wearing philotimia, a love of honor, a worship of honor, a desire for honor. Oh, that I would be noticed. Oh, that I would be praised. Oh, that I would be recognized. And a love and a worship and a desire for status. And the question for Colossae and the question for us is, will the Jesus way become our way? Will we live in a kingdom of ascension? Or will we desire to find our place in a kingdom where we might empty ourselves? So humility then is not the absence of strength. It's using your strength in the service of others. So compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness. I think for a lot of people, when we think about gentleness, we think of a tiny baby animal or a tiny baby human. Like they're cute and they're gentle and they're not trying to get their way, get honor, get status. But I, I, I think that gentleness is a lot more than that. Gentleness is not like how you say words, like a gentle voice. Like we probably all have people in our lives we need to ask them to speak up. It's like, what did you say? I have a friend like that. And at coffee, you have to like lean in. Not closer than six feet, but you have to like lean in a little bit. That's how we tend to think of gentleness. I think it's powerful to think of gentleness in this way. Being unimpressed with yourself. 
Like there's a self-control component to gentleness. Like I don't need the microphone. I don't need to be noticed. I don't need to try to be impressive in front of this person or that person or this other person. And it doesn't mean that we don't see ourselves rightly, that we don't understand that we're, we're chosen and we're holy and we're dearly loved. It just means that we're not chasing honor. Like, like we're okay with the, bra- with the background. Like we don't need to be front and center at every single moment of every single day. And then patience. So what's patience about? Patience is about having a long fuse. Patience isn't about waiting for Nevada. But it's about having a long fuse. And so I think there's just a good question for the church this morning. A question that will convict us. Like, how long is our fuse? Like, do we live and move and breathe with a long fuse with people in our family? Or does it just take a second for us to snap? Or the person in our workplace, we see them walking down the hallway, and all of a sudden we feel called to go to the bathroom. Do we have a long fuse with that person? The Apostle Paul wants to tell the Colossian church, what everybody else is wearing, it's not going to work for you. Because you're called to live the Jesus way. So what, what they're wearing does not determine your conduct. You need a new wardrobe. Uh, Jeff Mannion, who is this pastor that I'm acquainted with, he says this about patience. I think it's really good. Dealing with an annoying person for an extended period of time without becoming nasty or writing them off. So patience is dealing with an annoying person for an extended period of time without becoming nasty or writing them off. I want to remind you that the Apostle Paul is writing to a church. And the church is a wonderful place for us to experience comfort, connection, and care around the Christ. Whether you're a little kid, that's possible for you, or you're no longer a young child. But it can also be a place where you would experience irritation, frustration, and unmet expectations. So how are you going to deal? Paul says, you're going to deal by what you have chosen to put on. By what kind of clothes you have chosen to wear. Paul says you're going to need a new wardrobe and it's not going to be easy. Getting a new wardrobe is not going to be difficult because you don't have the money for a new wardrobe. It's going to be difficult because you will feel annoyed by people in this room. You will feel wronged by people in this room. You will feel disappointed by people in this room. 
you will feel frustrated with me. You will feel disappointed in me. And so we're not talking about people who are out there somewhere. We're talking about this family of God. He's writing to a church. And these are the things you're going to deal with. And so the way that we are going to flourish over the long haul is because we have not concerned ourselves with what everybody else is wearing, but with what we have been called to put on. And then the last idea I want to share with you as we close and invite the band up. The idea is that our clothing will impact our conduct. And you know how that goes. Like you know that you, you pick the kind of clothes you're going to use for a workout. And those are different clothes, hopefully, than what you would wear to a funeral. Because the conduct's different. Like the way that you behave in those clothes. And so what we choose to wrap ourselves in will determine our conduct. But as it goes further, our conduct will determine our witness as a people of God. Because here's what's amazing. What happens in this room, what happens in this community, what happens in these relationships has a way of leaking out into the world. And there is a, a whole generation of people who have a really hard time following Jesus because of some of the things that they've experienced in the local church. And I just wonder what would happen in this particular local church if we would put on compassion and we would put on kindness we would put on humility and we would put on gentleness and we would put on patience you know we had put on our costumes for Halloween and Michaela and I were with our boys driving in the car and we were going to stop for milk in Hy-Vee and I was like oh yeah that'd be a great idea let's do that we need some milk and I didn't realize what I had on until we got a little bit closer to Hy-Vee and then I was like uh oh I don't want to be the weirdo in Hy-Vee in a Top Gun costume? I don't want that. What do I want? I want to look like everyone else. I don't want to stand apart. I don't want people to stare. I don't want people to notice. And we got closer and closer to Hy-Vee and she's like, I'll go in. And so she went in and got milk. But can I tell you that we need to wrestle with that? Like, what do we really want? What are we really scared of? And so I'm not telling you today to dress up in a crazy costume and just parade yourselves around town. But I know for myself, I need to detach myself from what everyone else is wearing. 
and what I need to be concerned about as a follower of Jesus and as a person is with what I've been called to wear. Because my, my conduct as a follower of Jesus is going to impact the witness of the church in the world and the witness of Jesus in the world. And it goes a little bit further. Our witness, I believe, will determine our future. Like what kind of future will we have both as this local church but of the church in America? I think if we would put these things on consciously, I think we will have an amazing future where we will see God move in some powerful ways. But I'll tell you what's happened. I think largely what's happened in the American church is the church has believed that, well, we will go as far as the pastor will carry us. And there's a lot of pastors who have sort of liked that idea that I'm going to pick up the church and the church is going to go as far as I can carry it. And there's a lot of damage that happens when that's the method. And so instead of the church going as far as the pastor will carry it or as far as a, a program will carry it, the church will go as far as its witness will carry it. The church is going to go as far as, as, as our witness. And so it just brings a question, like, what's our witness in the world? And we trace that back to our conduct. And we trace that back to our clothing. Because in Acts, the opening chapter of the book of Acts, God says that my spirit will come on you. And you will be my what? You will be my witnesses in Judea, in Samaria, and the end of the earth. So where, how we get to witness is we look at conduct, and how we look at conduct comes from our clothing. So I'm just going to ask you this week, what are you going to choose to put on? And are you okay with standing out? Or do we want to continue to live in this culture of philotimia because we're called to something higher to something more beautiful and something more significant would you pray with me Lord Jesus we thank you today for your goodness and grace and power we thank you for this letter so these people who are trying to work out what it means to love you to serve you to honor you in a culture that didn't in a culture that wanted to kind of go its own way and God I pray for Invitation Church that we would be a people of compassion that we would be a people of kindness we would be a people of humility we would be a people of gentleness and we would be a people of patience that our clothes would, would match what has been done for us that our clothes would match the love and the grace that has been shown to us, that we would bear with one another when it's hard, when it's frustrating, when it's difficult, when we're irritated, 
disappointed God. And pray what happens in this space, in these relationships, in this community would be of great impact to a world that is watching, and a world that's wondering, and a world that's considering. Spirit of God, would you help us? Would you fill us? Would you restore us? Would you empower us? In Jesus' name.